book of John again. We were in John chapter 3 this morning. Tonight we're going to be in the book of, or chapter number 4. John chapter number 4. I've been toying with a, a thought for some time now. I actually preached here uh, about a year and a half ago out of this same passage uh, to kick off our um, our theme for the year before last, I believe, or maybe it was last year, I don't remember. Um, and I don't really think I'll be using any notes tonight. I've got some, some thoughts wrote down, but I don't think I'm going to be uh, referencing them, maybe some scriptures that I've got highlighted. Um, but, of course, this morning we, we spoke about the conversation between Nicodemus and Jesus. And uh, in that time, of course, we, we mentioned that Jesus has done some miracles and he's done some marvelous things. Uh, but I find it peculiar that John, he does write about some miracles, but he, he more so he writes about the person of Christ. And uh, he describes who he is and, and more the interaction uh, with Christ. And so that's kind of what we find in John chapter number 4 and uh, I, I'm not going to read a, a lot. I'll probably just read probably around verse number, uh, I guess we'll read verse number 30, uh, 31 is where we'll start. We'll read down to verse number 39. And uh, what we find here is the woman at the well. <clears throat> and we all know this story. Uh, we know that this woman at the well, uh, she was a Samaritan woman. She came. Uh, with no intention of, of meeting Christ, of having anything to do with Him. Uh, but there, I'm thankful that we read that she did meet Him. And she came with her water pot. She came with a purpose to, to get water, to take back home. And when she met the Lord, she found living water. And a matter of fact, the Scripture tells that when she left that place, she left her water pot. She had no need of water from Jacob's well anymore. She she found a water that refreshed her soul. But she did something there in the Scripture. She went back into the city and she told all the men, I want you to come and I want you to see a man that has told me all things, whichever I did. And then at the end of this particular um, passage, the last verse that we will read in verse 39, and then you can read even down to verse 41, says that many people of Samaria came, but verse 39 says that many of those that she told came and believed on the Lord. And so let's pick up reading in verse number, I think I said 31. It says that, of course, we know that this woman, she's gone back into the city. The disciples now, they've come from the city back to the well and it says, His disciples prayed Him, saying, Master, eat. But He said unto them, I have meat to eat that ye know not of. Therefore said the disciples one to another, Hath any man brought him aught to eat? And Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of Him that sent me, and to finish His work. Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh the harvest? Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the harvest, for they are white already to harvest. And he that reapeth, 
receiveth wages, and gathereth fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is that saying true, one soweth and another reapeth. I sent you to reap that wherein ye bestowed no labor. Other men labored, and ye are entered into their labor. Verse 39, And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman, which testified, He told me all that ever I did. Let's just go ahead and read the next two verses. So when the Samaritans were come unto him, they besought him that he would tarry with them, and he abode there two days. And many more believed because of his own word. I love this. I was thinking as uh, over the course of the weeks, Brother Deke Walker and I have had many conversations about this. And if you've ever had a conversation with Brother Deke, you can have the same conversation over and over again. And to him, it was always new. Not that he forgot, I just think he didn't really mind to have the same conversation. And it, it was always, it wasn't always, but it was very often this passage was brought up. And he always said something to the fact that there were so many people from Samaria that believed on the words of that one woman. But he always brought up the fact, verse number 41, and many more believed because of his, Jesus' own words. And I'm glad today that we have a record of the Paul and of Silas and those men that went throughout those islands and those areas preaching the Word of Christ. But I'm even more thankful that in John chapter 14 that Jesus promised the Comforter. And I'm glad that when Jesus died, that Comforter came. And that Comforter goes in the hearts of men and women and he can reach in places, Brother Jody, that you and I cannot. He can go in the deepest, darkest places of our county that you and I cannot. And I'm thankful for that tonight. And so, I don't know that I even have a title in my notes. I've titled some things, but again, I'm not going to be really dealing with that. I want to look at at least three little things here in verse number 35. I want to read the verse again, and then I'll pull these things out, and you can go to the house. Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh the harvest. Now, he's talking to his disciples. He says, Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. Now, it is entirely possible, and I mentioned this several weeks ago, it is entirely possible as they were at this well that they could physically look out and they could see maybe the barley harvest, and they could see the harvest of wheat or whatever may have been growing at the time. And so Jesus was making the application, you're, 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 you say that, that the harvest is coming, but I'm saying if you'll look what's in front of you, the harvest is here now. But Jesus is also making a spiritual application to us today, but also to them about this Samaritan woman and the city which they had just came from, that the harvest is plenteous and the harvest is, is there and, and is ready to be reaped, if I can say it like that. 
And so as we look at this verse, we, we see these few things. And again, I preached an entire message on this a few years ago, but I want us to look at the first phrase. He says, lift up your eyes. Now, I don't understand how this woman screaming and hollering, going from the well back to Samaria, and these men coming from Samaria to the well, I have no idea how that they did not pass one another. I have no idea how there was not some communication with this woman or, or, or and these disciples. I, I do not understand it. I feel like, Brother Kurt, that it was probably one of those things that, that as, as we've discussed and you've preached it, I've preached it all, much people have that there was that, that societal uh, separation between the Jews and the Moabites and, and so they would walk on one side of the road, the Jews would on, be on the other side, they kind of shunned one another. Maybe that's what it was, but, but this woman was, was shouting, I believe, to the top of her lungs, Come see a man. Come see a man. But yet these disciples, because of who and what she was, they passed by ignoring the fact that she was screaming about the very one that they served and called Master. And they were going to minister to Him with food. And they got to Him and and they had the meat and all they had to do was prepare the food and and he said, I've already eaten, and I've already had, my, my belly is full. I'm full. I, I, I'm, 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 too, I'm to hear. And they could not understand it. And what he was trying to say is, I've been filled by the Spirit. I've been filled by seeing someone saved by the grace of God, if I could say it like that, as we would say it today. And they could not understand that. And Jesus says, I need you to look on the field. And, and so, Let's, let's look beyond. Maybe there was a field that was ready to harvest, but yet maybe they were on a hill and maybe they were overlooking the, the, the city of Samaria. And maybe Jesus was saying, I need you to look past the end of your nose and see the city from which you just came. And I want you to see that the city uh, that you just were in, uh, it's got people that are dying and going to hell. I need to lift up your eyes. I need you to look at the people that you're trading with. Look at the people that you're communing with. Look at the people uh, that you're working with and see that there is a great need there. We look over in the book of Luke, chapter number 10, verse number 2, and he says, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. He says, pray ye the Lord of harvest that He, let me see, uh, pray ye the Lord of, therefore the Lord of harvest, that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. Can I tell you today, if we will lift up our eyes and and we will see the need, I think our, our prayers would be changed from, Lord, send someone to, Lord, send me. I can't help but to think of Isaiah chapter number six. He started off as as all of as the, as the scriptures unfolded. He says, "Woe is me, for I am undone." But then he says, "I dwell among a people of unclean." He says, I, "He says, woe is me." It, it was first upon him, but then he realized that he dwelt among an, among an unclean people. 
Then all of a sudden we find that He is at the door of heaven and He's hearing God the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost saying, Whom shall we send? Who will go for us? And, and His response was not, I'll find someone to go. But His response was, Here am I. Send me. And so my challenge to you tonight out of verse number 35 is lift up your eyes. But then, look, secondly, it says look on the fields. This is kind of going back to what we've been preaching over the last several weeks. And we have friends, we have people in our family that are lost. We work with people, we go to school with people. As I mentioned earlier, we trade with people that are lost. And we we need to see them not as just so-and-so behind the counter. We, We need to see them more than just an email address or a professor or a classmate. We need to see them as a soul that's either going to hell or going to heaven. He says, you look on the field. Ashlyn, if I could talk to you for a minute, you you work at the place where the Lord's chicken is made. And there they, they say, it's my pleasure and have a blessed day. That's wonderful. I, I do not know the hearts of any of those people that work up there. And you don't either. You live in my house, but I don't know your heart. But what I do know is, even a place like that that kind of has a reputation of being a Christian organization, those people that come to that counter or that you talk to, Kaylee, you still work? Kaylee, those people that y'all talk to, there's a need in their life. Whether it's across the counter, whether it's through the window or over the headset, you need to see them as a soul. That person that may be back there, somebody help me, Frying the Lord's chicken, or fixing one of them salads, or making a frosted coffee with chocolate added. Come on. There's a soul in need. And we need to see that. Brother David, you have clients all over the place. And you've testified during Sunday school that you, you are able, probably not all the time, but Quite often, you, you're able to kind of testify, and, and some of your clients are Christians, and you're able to build a rapport. Some of them, maybe not, but you're still able to talk to them. Maybe they confide some things in you, and, and that's wonderful. Brother Kenny, you still down at the, the base? So, so down there at the base, as you go in every morning, and I don't know how it's set up. I'm just thinking of a factory or something, but maybe somewhere down the line, you're, you're one of 10 or 20. You may be the only one that has a relationship with Christ. And as you're standing there, and you're doing your job, you're doing what you're supposed to do. Look on the field. And you, you see that one that you've known for 5, 10, 15 years. Do you see them as just one of the guys? Or do you see them as a soul? We need to look on the field. And we need to see our sons and our daughters. I said this morning, Brother Stanley, I, I don't remember if I was praying, but it was around the invitation time. And I said, there's, there's, there's at least five people here 
that need to be saved. On my way home, there was 10. Now, I'm going to explain that. Baby's not here tonight, is it? Going from Luke. Going from Luke up. Okay. Luke needs to be saved. Man born a woman. Luke's mama is a woman. So he needs to be saved. Some of these little ones, they're not to that age yet. And they need to be saved. But one, woo, one day, I'm praying that God will save them. And so when I take into account the, the little ones that are here, and some are not here tonight. Matter of fact, there's 11 because I didn't count Josie. So when we, when we take into consideration, there was 11 youngins. Now, that was just the youngins. I don't know the hearts of the adults or maybe the older children that I don't know the hearts of. I'm just talking about youngins. Eleven. That one day, they're going to have to make a decision. And we need to see that little baby. The first thing I did when I got to old Luke, I didn't count his toes. I held him. And I prayed, God, would you? He's not, he's not even mine. But I prayed, God, would you save him? Just as a little a little boy. I remember when I held Josie for the first time, just fresh out of the oven. I held her that night down in Albany, and I prayed, God, would you say? Well, David, I don't know God's timing, but I hope, and you taught me this, I hope as soon as God reveals to them that they are a sinner, that God would give them the faith, whatever it is. They say, I don't want to be a sinner. God, I want to trust you and I want to believe you. And I want to, I want to be your son. I want to be a daughter of God. And if we look at them like just our children, and there's nothing wrong with that, Brother Joseph. But if we look at them like just they're our children, that we will then begin to try to provide and protect them. And that's what we should do. But if we begin to look at them as a soul, then there comes a realization that there is an extent to which we cannot provide for them. Eternally, we we can't. We can't reach that far. And so, no matter where we're at, we've got to not only lift up our eyes, but we've got to look on the fields. Wherever you may work, go to school. Rachel, you still babysit, son? Whoever's children, you may babysit. I'm guessing they're not blood relations. But as you watch them, they may be they may be great kids, they may be bratty kids. But whether you're patting them on the head because they're so sweet, or you're patting them on the bottom because they're a brat, see them as a soul and pray over them. He says, Lift up your eyes and look on the fields. 
for they are white already to harvest. This this last phrase, word, wherever you want to write it down, they are white already to harvest. I, I want to focus on that word harvest. There's a couple of scriptures that I, I want to turn to. Of course, we, we just read there in Luke chapter 10, he says we need to pray the Lord of harvest that he would send laborers. That's you and I. Send laborers into the field. We need to go. But then Jesus says, he says those fields, they're, they're ripe. They're ready. There's a bed and breakfast right in the middle of town. And they posted something on the internet the other day on Facebook. And they said that their pecans are falling early. And so they probably wouldn't have a lot of pecans. They wouldn't, I guess they wouldn't have a good harvest. And I don't know how pecans work. But my dad has a pecan tree in his backyard. And it's been neglected for 20 years. Lived there for 20 years. He's trimmed some on it. But, it, Brother Kenny, it's in a place where you can't get to it. It's, it's kind of, it's not in a ditch, but it's right at the edge of a ditch. And it's, it's furthest reaching limbs. You still can't really get to where those pecans fall. Now, squirrels and things like that, they can get over there. Deer can get over there. They can do whatever they want to do. But, for us that really like pecans, and I'm saying pecans because that's the proper way to say it, okay? Now you pecans and pecans and all that other kind of stuff, I'll pray for you. But, but they're of no use to us. By the time we see them, they're, they're, they've been laying there too long. They've got just no good. But there are, there are people in this world that are ripe for the harvest. They are ready. And Brother Kenny, I think one reason why why now is the time is because you see them, they're trying anything and everything. They, they truly are searching for something. I'm not trying to be off color, but young men, they're trying to find... Love in other young men. Young women are trying to find love in other young women. They're, 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 trying, they're trying anything. Young men are dressing up as women. And that's no new thing. That, that's been happening. All of that has been happening for thousands of years. But they're trying just anything. Drugs, trying anything. The first thing they come, they're going to try it. The next flashy thing that happens, they're going to try it. The next new social experiment, they're going to try it. Anything that might bring happiness, they're going to try it. And I'm not saying that we need a program that we can be on the lookout and we can watch the statistics so, so that we can pounce with the gospel at the right moment. That's not what I'm saying at all. 
But as we read this morning, if now is, if, if today, if now is the time of salvation, then we ought to be with the gospel ready at any moment to give the gospel, to share the gospel, so that when these people that are searching for something to fill a void in their life, if they can get not the next best thing, but if they can get, as we sing tonight, if they can get under the blood, if they can get the Word of God, and they can truly find that it and only it is what changes their lives, then there's no need for all of the other things. There's this harvest. I want to read a couple of scriptures over in 1 Corinthians, if I could read my own writing. 1 Corinthians 3, verse number 4 and 5. Paul's dealing with a, 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 a small issue. And he says in verse number 4, For while one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? He says in verse number 5, and this is where I want to be, Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos? But ministers by whom ye believed, even as the Lord gave to every man. Paul says, I have planted. He says, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. There were certain, even even well-meaning, there are certain people, well-meaning, that they are... And I want to be careful here because there's, there's nothing necessarily wrong with what they're doing, but it, it, it can be considered wrong if they, if they press it too far. There are so many people that they are celebrating the amount of people that people win to Christ. Every Wednesday night or Tuesday night or Thursday night when they meet. Like, How many people have you won to Christ this week? And your hand raised. I, I won three people to Christ. I won seven people to Christ. And this, that, and the other. And that's wonderful. If those are people that are truly being saved, I say, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That's ten people. But I'm afraid if, if we're not careful, that'll well up with pride in someone's heart. And, and it'll become a competition. And then we're just asking somebody to pray a prayer. But Paul says, I, I've, I've planted and Apollos watered, but it was God that gave the increase. So I want us to know tonight, when, when we go out and we try to share the gospel, that simply means that we may not immediately see someone come to Christ. And they may not drop what they're doing. And they may not leave their drugs. They may not leave their, their promiscuity. They may not leave all of the things that they're doing. They may not come to Christ right then. But if you'll do your part, and you'll plant... And then someone else comes by and they share the gospel and they water. They still, that person still may not get saved right then. But you see, the Holy Ghost then comes by. And that Holy Ghost will begin to work. And, and that Holy Ghost will say, hey, you remember when Lee came by and, and Lee told you about what God done for him? And you remember those scriptures he left you? Yeah, I remember that. You remember when old, uh, old Kurt came by and he gave you that track that talked about how to get to heaven from America's Georgia? And you said, yeah, I remember that. I thought that's kind of weird, but still, I read it. It had some, had some scriptures in it. And he said, he said, one watered. He said, one planted, one watered. Now that Holy Spirit 
He said, now it's given you that spirit of regeneration. Now that spirit's drawing that person. And at that point, Brother Jody, they've got that choice to accept Christ or to walk away. You see, it's God that gives the increase. Then in 1 Corinthians chapter number 9, I believe it is, verse number 22. And again, I want to be careful here because I'll go ahead and tell you why I want to be careful. And then I'm going to read this scripture. I saw something on social media a few weeks ago, and it kind of grieved my spirit. It wasn't anybody that I know, so you don't have to worry about that. But it it was an individual, and uh, they were going into, and they were kind of telling what they were doing, and they were going into a a bar, like a, a live bar, you know, where things were happening, drinks were being poured, and they were going into the bar, and they were sitting down at the bar, and they were trying to be a witness. Someone come by, they order a drink, and they would give them a track, or they would try to witness to them, and things of that sort. While I could see where that would be beneficial, I do not recommend, nor do I condone that. Y'all hear me? I need y'all to hear me clearly tonight. I do not recommend, nor do I condone that. Because, because, if I see your hind end driving up to a bar, and I see you walk in that bar, we're going to have to have a serious conversation. You're going to have to show me some video footage that all you did was pass out tracks in there because of what it looks like, okay? I've seen and heard of other people doing different things. You have Brother Jody. I know you have a history with different things before you got saved. I've seen people go back to those groups of people and kind of fit in, not doing the same things, but fit in and trying to be a witness. And that's commendable. But again, I do not recommend it. And the reason I don't recommend it is, especially if you've been saved out of that, it's very easy to be drawn back into that. But Paul said this in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 22. He says, To the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. I am made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. Kind of letting that float for a minute. He says, I've become all things. To all men, that I might save some. And this is, this is where we can get very confused. I don't know that Paul went into, and I'm not being facetious, I, I don't know that they had bars, I don't know. But I don't know that Paul went into the bars of his day and started preaching. I don't know that that's what he did. I don't know that he went into the slums of his day and started saying, Hey, I used to be one of you, now here... I don't know that's what he used to do. I do know, according to the Scriptures, that he did go back to the synagogues. He did go back to the religious people that he was a part of. I do know that. I do know that he went to the dregs of, of the world and he 
tried to witness to them and tried to give them the gospel. I do know that. I do know that the Scripture is inspired, and if Paul wrote under the inspiration of God that he became all things to all men, and he said, I became as the weak so that I could win the weak, then I believe what he's saying. So what does that, how do we apply that to us? Well, there's sometimes that we need to humble ourselves so that we cannot fit in with the others, but so that we can relate. So that we can relate to someone that maybe doesn't fit in our stature in society. There's been times that, that I could not stand the stench. That I could not stand, I could not stand to sit by the person. Alcohol was on their breath. Only God knows what was dripping off of their chest. But because I have been asked to sit with them and try to witness to them, I've done it out of the love of, 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 of God in my heart to try to help this person. So what I did was I had to humble myself. God only knows what would have happened to me if I would have said, no, he can go clean up and then I'm going to talk to him. Brother Kurt, whether it's a rich man or a poor man, whether it's a politician or someone else, God's given us the ability, again, maybe not to be able to fit in. Because I don't hardly fit in with anybody. I'm awkward like that. But at least to be able to relate long enough to give the gospel. The harvest. The harvest. It's plenteous. It's ready. What are we going to do with it? What are we going to do with it? Paul says, I've become all things to all men that I might win some. I'm not trying to be negative tonight, but you're not going to win every person that you come in contact with. But if you could win some, if you could win one, what a blessing. I still remember the first person that got saved when I, was, when I surrendered to preach. I was preaching at a youth meeting in Davenport, Florida. And our, brother, brother David, I don't know if you remember, but a couple of weeks ago you showed me that message that I preached here. <clears throat> the whole title was some things to look for and some things to look forward to. It was a it was a comparison with kind of prophecy and then basically the bad and the good, and that's the message that I preached down there at that youth meeting, and there was a, a an older than I teenager named Joy came down to the altar and got saved. And I can remember that. I don't know where she's at. I could not tell you anything about the girl. But I remember her coming down and getting saved after that meeting or during, during the end of that meeting. If I think hard enough, I could probably remember just about everybody that, that I've had the privilege of leading to the Lord. And I'm sure you probably could too. But if you don't have someone that you've led to the Lord, 
Why don't you lift up your eyes? Lift up your head. Look on the field and see the harvest. Chances are, chances are, there's someone in your house or in your neighborhood that needs the Lord. And they they may be depending on you to tell them about Christ. They may not even know it, but they may be depending on you to tell them about Christ. Their eternity may rest on you.